Hi, I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet. 2020 really taught us the importance of having a close community and support group around us. We talked about that many times throughout the year. However, we've never really talked about what it's like to start one from scratch in your area. So today, we have Alicia Obando on to talk about how she started and why she started a pet sitter support group in her area, what that's been like, how she operates it, the opportunities that it affords, and what to expect from the members. Let's get started. My name is Alicia Obando, and my company is called Pitter Patter Parenting. I started it five years ago um, to uh, basically meld together my two passions of working with families with children and working with pets. So I provide pet care, education, and support by doing private consultations and teaching classes um, and also providing pet loss support um, and general pet care services to families to help everybody live uh, safely together. And we had you back on in episode 78 to talk all about keeping kids safe around dogs and recommendations. And that was a wonderful episode. Uh, It had a lot of information. And I know Megan and I took a lot away from that, too, and implementing stuff with our kids as well. But today, we're having you on to talk all about starting a pet network. And you've done that. You you did that about a year and a half ago. Uh, Why did you decide to do that? Yeah, so it started in January 2019. Um, I had belonged to another women in business networking group, um, and I belonged for three years, and we met every week, 7.30 in the morning. (laughs) Um, And, you know, it was a lot of your typical, like, you know, insurance and, um, uh, you know, bank people, financial advisors, and all different kinds of things. And I just felt like, you know, I loved the idea of the the meeting with other people and talking about business and helping each other and sending each other referrals, but it just wasn't my tribe. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought, I wish there was a group like this that had to do with pet care professionals. Um, And so I basically just called around to a few that I knew um, and said, hey, what do you think about this? And uh, they said, sure, I'd come. Um, And so I started the Chicago Pet Care Professionals Collaborative, also known as CPCPC, (laughs) Um, because that's a lot of words. Um, And basically, we, you know, I started it so that we could all get together to share resources, um, to share support, um, and to share referrals with each other. Yeah, it, it really, it, it sounds great. It sounds like something that a lot of us really need, especially during uncertain times. So, you know, you, you said for pet professionals, who, who exactly is the group for? Well, it started off being for any pet care services business owner. Um, so I wanted it to be for dog walkers, pet sitters, dog trainers, dog groomers, people who don't have a brick and mortar, basically. Mm. Um, who deliver services rather than like a retail. Um, but uh, it really is just dog walkers and pet sitters. We've never had any trainers or groomers join, although we do have two people who do training along with dog walking. But so, yeah, it's basically your pet care businesses. Right. Those people who can sometimes feel most disconnected from yes. the world around them and most isolated. 
Right, right. And I'm a solopreneur and I know several other pet care business owners that are solopreneurs or that maybe they have one or two contracted uh, helpers. Um, And so, yeah, the idea that you don't have that think tank in the office where you get to bounce ideas off of people or, you know, you're just kind of alone with your thoughts. (laughs) Um, So the idea to be able to sit down with other people in the exact same boat as you and say, hey, this is a challenge I'm going through. What do you guys think? Um, Are you also experiencing this? What have you tried that works or doesn't work? And also just to have the camaraderie, you know? Yeah, yeah, that camaraderie really is is key. So you you don't feel alone, and you can, as you said, bounce those ideas off of each other. Like that is so powerful to have, especially people who are directly in and around what you're doing, and people who've been in there longer than you, and and you know for shorter amounts of time too. Right. What was the business networking landscape like before you started this? Well, there was a couple of there was I think one in particular. There was a lot of online ones. Um, you know, like Kristen Morrison has a great, uh, Facebook community. And there is a woman here out of Chicago called Candace Dagnolo. Um, and she runs a membership, a paid membership group called the Pet Boss Nation. Right. Um, and, and so I joined her online community, just her free Facebook group. Um, but that was very much geared at, uh, retailers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, well, that's not really the same challenges that I face. Um, so I really did look around when I first started because I'm a big networker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've just always done networking, no matter what job I've been in. It's something that I'm good at that I enjoy doing. And so I looked for those opportunities when I started the business. And um, like I said, I just joined that women's one, but there wasn't really anything pet related that was along the same lines. You know, I joined my chamber, but again, those chamber gatherings are not usually pet care folks. Sure. Yeah, it's not to discount those other connections and those relationships that you're building. But if you're looking for more advice, experience directly to the questions and things that you're dealing with, you know, those can be harder to find for, for, for those specifics. And I've gotten more referrals in the year and a half from other pet care providers in this group than I ever did from the women's group in a year and a half. Mm. Um, you know, because we all have clients and I think that's the thing that pulls people in is the idea of referrals. We all have clients that move out of our target area, you know, um, or for some reason suddenly need a service that you don't provide. So to be able to send that person to someone else that you know and respect, because you've been part of a networking group with them. Um, cause I won't refer my clients who I really trust and, and know that they trust me. I won't refer them to somebody I don't know. Right. Um, so this way you're building relationships uh, with other pet care providers so you can refer to each other. I've yeah. gotten some great new clients through this group. Now, is that an implicit or explicit expectation for referring to others when you join the group? Um, it's right there in basically the statement of what we're here for. You know, we're here to provide resources, referrals and support mm. um, to each other. So we share resources as I, you know, ideas, groups, whatever. Um, we share the referrals, clients with each other, and then we share support, just being able to vent and talk and feel heard. Um, so those are the three areas um, that our group really, really helps people with. Yeah. Well, and making those expectations known right from the get go of like, yeah, this is share and be shared with kind of group. Again, this, this community over competition idea and mentality. 
Right, right. And that's what I'm hoping brings a lot of people to the group because they're looking, everyone's looking for new clients, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's the, that's the hook that gets them in. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, back in 2019, you've surveyed the landscape, you've, you're dealing with all this stuff, you, you have this itch to get something started. Why, why did you decide it was you who were going to start this? What, what made you say, this is my thing? Well, there, I'm definitely one of those people who like, if no one else is going to do it, I guess I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a group starter. Okay. <laughs> I, I've started lots of, you know, I'm the one who starts the, the film and food club. And, uh, you know, um, I now run the two you ladies virtual happy hour for all the little old ladies at my church. Oh. I host a Zoom happy hour for them every Friday at 6 p.m. because they're all stuck at home, you know, quarantining and everything. Um, so, yeah, I'm just the kind of person who likes to start groups and socialize and network. Yeah, well, and I know many people, though, are not very confident or they have a lot of questions <laughs> or concern, concerns about starting groups because there's, there's, I feel like there's a, maybe a lot tied into something like that. So what advice would you give to somebody to, for, you know, if they're not feeling confident enough that, that they're the one to start a group? Well, anybody can start the group, um, you know, in their own area. And really, you can make it whatever you want because, you know... In my group, I'm the coordinator, um, and so I set up our meetings and, and you know and activities. But you can find other people to co-chair. You can you know rotate it around to every month. Someone else is in charge of setting the meeting and doing the agenda or whatever. Um, you know you can make it whatever you want. So I would say, don't be fearful. It's basically. If you can get together with a group of friends in a bar for happy hour, you can do a networking group. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you touched on there of just because you want to start it doesn't mean you have to be the one who does all of the things, right? You can exactly. still you can still bring in help and delegate and and ask for other people to be involved too so that it's not just resting on your shoulders. Exactly. Yeah. So after a year and a half, I was curious, you know, how many people do you have in your group? Well, the number, because to join, I send them the template, like, you know, thank you so much for your interest. This is who we are. And then there's uh, like five or six questions, basically your name, your number, your email, the name of your business, your website, the services you offer and your target area. Hmm. And then that information goes in our database, which is on a Google Docs spreadsheet that everyone has access to. So if you're looking to refer to somebody because your client moved, um, you can look and see, do they, you know, who, who has that service, who services that area, and then you can make referrals through that directory. Um, yeah. And so you have to give that information. Um, and then once I have it, then I put it there, I add you to the email list, uh, and then you get emails, invitations. Um, you do one of the only restriction or not restriction, but the only thing you have to do to be a member is you have to attend a meeting at least once every six months, hmm. because we had a lot of people who were interested and signed up and I never heard from again. So when you ask how many, the database has about hmm, 40 or so people in it. Sure. Um, but half of those people I never heard from again. Okay. Um, so we have our core group uh, that meets, and we were meeting once a month in a bar. Um, but when COVID happened, we yeah. we've switched to Zoom, 
Okay. And we were meeting every Wednesday night on Zoom for the first couple of months. And then now we meet every other Wednesday um, as things have slowed down some. Sure. No, that sounds really that sounds really good. And, and yeah, you mentioned that it's maybe setting some of those expectations of when you start a group, you know, you may have this a big initial interest, but you know, after a while it may shake down to these these core people, these people who are really active and really engaged. Right. And one of the things that, you know, we're trying to let people know is we value your engagement. This group is nothing if nobody comes. And so we have a Facebook group and that's where a lot of the referrals happen. People will say, hey, I got a call for this dog, but I don't service that area. Does anybody want it? We get a lot of those in our Facebook group. But what was happening is a lot of people were going on there to take those clients, but weren't at all active members in the group. Mm. And so that's when we made the rule that you have to um, participate in. And that's not a big ask. Attend a meeting once every six months. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And if you don't, then you are removed from the Facebook group. You Mm. still get invited to the meetings every time because we encourage you to come. Um, But you don't get to benefit from all those referrals if you're not a participating member. Yeah, it gets back to some that purpose of the group was this, this, you know, share and be shared with. And if you're not sharing... Well, that doesn't get reciprocated. You can't just sit there and lurk in the corners and steal the referrals and not share out. And the other purpose of the group is to build relationships with each other so that when we're making a referral, we're referring to somebody that we know and have learned to trust and respect. So Mm. we're passing these people on to somebody we know. So if you're not coming to the meetings and we don't know who you are, you're maybe not the person we want to refer to, you know? Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, it's very un. It makes you very uneasy to refer a, a loved client out to somebody who you don't know, and right. so it really gives you a big peace of mind before you can do that. So you had talked about how you looked around and you just started to to ask people if they would be interested in this kind of group. Walk us through how you started to communicate with this group to others and to other pet care providers in your area. Well, there was only a handful of people I knew off off. Uh, Offhand, and then what I did was I would always see like business cards at the vet office or hanging up at the um, dog uh, store, the pet store, and so I would reach out to some of them and say, "Hey, I've started this group. You know, this is what we're doing." Um, so I tried to go that route. Um, I haven't done that in a while because what I have found is now we have so many that people are bringing in other people. Um, so usually, what happens now is a current member will email me and say, hey, I met this woman. Her name is Sheila and she has a cat company and she'd love to join our group. Here's her email address. Um, And then, so it's good because this is somebody now who I already know has expressed interest. Um, And then I send her my template email that says, you know, so glad that you're interested. Here's who we are. Um, And again, just letting them know that we're just a group of pet care business owners who get together every other Wednesday night um, on Zoom, and we share resources, referrals, and support. Um, You know, we'd love to have you join us. And, you know, if you could answer these few questions, I'll add you to the database, and then you'll start getting the invitations. And so that's usually how I, how how people are coming in. Yeah. Well, it's, it's nice once you have people who are in the group starting to refer other people to the group, it kind of builds that organic growth and bringing in more people. What, what has the response been like? You know, people who have been attending for a year and a half, you know, what do they say about the group that, that right now? Well, you know, it's, it's a totally different animal who we are now versus who we were pre-COVID. 
Sure. Um, because pre-COVID, um, I mean, the first six months, it was just kind of, you know, building up people and kind of, you know, getting to know each other. But then I started having um, guest speakers at our monthly groups. So I had a lawyer come in and talk. I had um, a social media person come in and talk. Uh, so people, you know, who would come in and talk specifically to our type of business. Um, but then when COVID happened, the first couple of months, it was all about financial aid. So our meetings were all about, okay, who's going to go for the PPP? Who's going to go for the idle loan? Who has heard back from your bank? How much did you get? How did you do it? You know, it was a lot of that, you know, and our city and state had some programs as well. So it was a lot of sharing that information. And I was attending webinars like crazy. Um, You know, my chamber, another chamber I don't belong to, um, the group that I originally got a loan from, you know, five years ago, they were all doing webinars on here's how you can get financing for your small business. And so then I would, uh, you know, take good notes and then we'd have our meetings and I would share all that information. So trying to be that resource for the group on here's some financial resources for you. Um, And then we were all just touching base. Like, did you get your loan yet? What have you heard from your bank? Um, And I think that that, was so critical. And I've heard a lot of um, members say how important that was to be able to come here to the, to our meetings and find out how to get help. Or, you know, I, unemployment was a big one. Uh, You know, we had some people who were not incorporated, who were self-employed. So that how to handle that whole um, self-employed unemployment was something that I think was challenging because it hasn't really been done before. Um, so it was just great for people to be able to say, Hey, I'm doing that too. Or I've also had that problem. Um, and then again, that just support piece of saying, I've lost all my clients. Oh my God. How are you eating? How are you doing this? You know, does anybody have any clue about, you know, how to talk to your mortgage company about getting, you know, just the, the, how to take care of yourself piece as well as the business. Um, so I just think that it was so hugely important for all of us, including me, um, to have that support network because sure, we're all going through COVID, but I don't really have any close friends who are small business owners. You know, nobody in my family is a small business owner. None of my best friends are small business owners. So to be able to have a group who knows what you're going through was huge. Relate those fears and uh, have people be able to come alongside you and, and sympathize with you in those times where you're just very, conf- it's all confusing. Right. There's so many things unknown and, and very, very much that similar of like, you know, this is what I'm doing right now. Is anybody else trying yeah. this? You know, how did, you know, you mentioned like this loan, uh, how on earth did you apply for this loan? You know, okay, let's sit down and let's work on this together and share how that went for each one of us. I, I, I could imagine that that would just be such a, a, you know, talk about lifting a weight off your Mm -hmm. shoulders of, of fears and insecurities and the the unknowns to have that group come alongside you during that time. Right. Yeah. I think it was, uh, thank God for this group, I think for a lot of us, um, because we would have just been floundering alone through that whole mess. Have you heard about time to pet? 
Dan from NYC Pooch, has this to say. Time to bet has been a total game changer for us. It helped us streamline many aspects of our operation, from scheduling and communication to billing and customer management. Uh, We actually tested other pet sitting softwares in the past, but these other solutions were clunky and riddled with problems. Everything in Time to Pet has been so well thought out. It's intuitive, feature-rich, and it's always improving. If you are looking for new pet sitting software for your business, give Time to Pet a try. As a listener of Pet Sitter Confessional, you'll get 50% off your first three months when you sign up at timetopet.com slash confessional. What is the what does the interactions look like outside the group between, you know, they, they go and they leave the group? You know, how has that impacted the friendships and those kind of relationships in your in your area? Well, when we met in person, um, I felt like that was and also we weren't dealing with COVID. It was a lot more social, um, you know, because we met at the bar and we would chat with each other. And I always brought my little doggy to the bar who would hang out at our meetings. And um, and we also um, just had a different there was a different feel to our meetings. Um, now with COVID, uh, it's a lot more uh, business oriented. Um, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, it's a lot more here's the problems we're having. How are we going to solve them? Um, and yes, we can all have our beverages, I guess, on Zoom, but it's not the same. We're not <laughs> no. imbibing together. <laughs> right. <laughs> but one of the things that I've noticed that has happened um, during the last six months that wasn't happening before is a lot of newbies, um, people who are just now starting a pet care business. Um, so I'm glad we're here for them because like we were talking earlier, just being able to tell people, oh no, don't do that. That's, that's not going to work. You know, we tried that and, you know, don't spend your money on, uh, print advertising, you know, just things like that. Um, like there was a new person who joined, uh, and came to her first meeting a couple of weeks ago and we gave her some suggestions because she's like, I, I got everything set up. Now I'm just waiting for my first client. I need a client. Right. Um, and so we gave her some suggestions. And I said, you know, go to Nextdoor. Go on there and just say who you are and what you do, whatever. And then she posted in the Facebook group. Oh, my God, I, I joined Nextdoor, like you said, and I got my first client. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. Like when there's new people and they get all this resources and information from all of us. Um, people have been doing it for a little while and they find it helpful. And, you know, I, that's what I love the most is being able to really feel like we're lifting people up. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and one of the questions I had about the group, uh, you know, for those new people uh, is, you know, have you thought about uh, having a mentorship program for those kind, those new kind of pet sitters moving forward? You know, I hadn't thought about that, but that would be a great idea. Um, I could definitely ask the members if they'd be interested in doing that. I am trying not right now to not put too much uh, work on anybody else um, just because everyone is so freaked out about just getting their business back to normal. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, there's uh, been a decrease in attendance, I think, because of that as well. Like people are just trying to stay afloat, you know? but there is one one event that I have planned that I'm very excited about. Um, so during all the um, you know the the civil unrest um, and the push to to learn how to be more anti-racist personally and in our businesses, which is something I've really tried to spend some time on myself. Um, there is a wonderful group here in Chicago called My Block My Hood My City, 
um, and they work on anti-racist things around the city, but especially with youth. And I saw in a chamber newsletter that they were looking for businesses who would host youth to show them what it's like to work in your industry. Oh, wow. And I thought, wouldn't that be fun? So I brought it up to the group. Several people jumped on it. And now we are hosting in October um, a group of like a dozen junior high and high schoolers um, uh, that are African-American who are coming with their uh, advisors from this organization. And we are going to do presentations on what it is to be a dog walker, a pet sitter, and we're providing dinner. And uh, I think it's just going to be a wonderful event for us to showcase to the youth, hey, this is a viable career option, Right. which I think it's a wonderful career option um, if you do have limited resources, you know? So I think it's perfect for um, a group like this. Um, but also just to, you know, for us to be able to give back to the community. And one of the hooks I've given to the people to participate is, this is a great PR for you. You know, you're going to be able to post on your Facebook page that you're doing this. Um, you know, maybe take a, a photo. We'll see what kind of photos we can get. We can put a press release out that we're doing it as a, you know, networking group. Um, so it's a win-win-win situation. Um, so I'm really glad people have stepped up and said that they want to be involved. Yeah, no, that's huge. You can talk about community involvement at that point, and especially highlighting the the pet sitting industry, which is probably not the typical industry or businesses that apply for those kind of things. Or right, or I'm that. sure they've been to a lot of banks, you know, <laughs> <laughs> insurance companies. You know, right. This is how you work a Xerox machine. You know, right. We're much much more fun than that. <laughs> right. oh, oh. Well, yeah, and just showing, just you know, el- helping elevate everybody through that process. It's educating, you know, new people coming in going, Hey, if, if this is something that is absolutely viable, look at all these businesses around you that, that are kind of invisible and behind the scenes that you might not even know are there. And, you know, giving you guys exposure to the community and getting better connected through that. That's a wonderful opportunity. And just one of those things that comes up of like, Oh, it was, it was just this little line in the newsletter and you know, right. that, <laughs> those things can come and go and you may never, may never see it. So that's the power of a group like this, being able to bring those kind of, of resources and opportunities to everybody. Right, right. And that's what I see as my role is I'm always on the lookout for things that can help us, mm-hmm. you know, individually or, or, or collectively, and then bringing them to the group. You know, here's a great article I saw about, you know, how to get new clients, or here's a, a wonderful webinar that's coming up or that kind of thing and posting it in our Facebook group. Um, and you know, obviously I'm not the only one who does that. Everybody in the group does that as well. And it's just such a great resource for all of us. Yeah. Everybody wants to share and help. Yeah. Yeah. Because they know in turn, it does, it does help you, you know, when you're sharing that kind of stuff, because then, you know, Hey, I saw this opportunity. Let's get all get involved. And that just, that does make it, make it better for the group. Um, Right. And like you said, it elevates our whole industry when we do that. It does. It shines a light on that, which is something that you know, again, not a lot of people think being a pet sitter, dog walker is a viable career option, but it totally is. And just takes being exposed to that for a little bit to understand the ins and outs of that and to hear some of the uh, local success stories too. I, that's going to be, I'm very excited about that for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I also think that it, it helps people realize that um, it is a professional um, job, you know, right. that, and, and to elevate it as a professional career option. You know, that people are 
you know, get training, that people have certifications, that people, you know, know how to run a business and and are doing it, you know, legally and responsibly. Um, Because, you know, there are a lot of hobbyists out there doing it differently. And so just letting people know that this is a professional industry and that there are professionals that are doing it Um, Mm -hmm. and and helping the newbies um, learn how to do that. You know, because not all of them know about, oh, what, I have to have a city business license? I didn't know. Or, you know, what's the difference between LLC and corporations? And just that kind of basic stuff that you learn at the beginning. Um, So just helping people come in at that professional level. Right. You meant that word professional. That really does. When you have a group of people like that, the, the, the standards just get raised for everybody. You start holding yourself to a higher standard and it just raises that whole thing for not just the businesses there, but the profession as a whole, because you start reminding people, yes, you do need these licenses. Yes, you should get Mm -hmm. this training. (laughs) Like that just helps, that helps everybody and helps the exposure for everybody as a whole. Right. Exactly. Now I, I was curious, you know, you have this, these group of the people that are attending and sharing. How do you foster that open communication and sharing of ideas in a healthy space? Um, well, I try to think, I always ask people when I make the announcement with the Zoom link uh, of our meeting coming up, if you have anything to add the agenda to the agenda, let me know. Usually nobody does. So <laughs> I have to come up with things, but I try to come up with things that will spur conversation and sharing. Um, like for instance, we have our next meeting tomorrow night. And so I sent out the reminder yesterday. Um, and I said, you know, that well, first of all, we're always starting our meetings with how is your business doing now versus pre-COVID? So people go around and say, you know, I'm at 30%, I'm at 50. I I got some new clients this week, you know. So kind of where are you now? Um, And then um, uh, we're going to talk about uh, people uh, making changes, such as, is anybody raising your rates? If so, how are you doing it? When are you doing it? Why are you doing it? Um, We started talking about that last time. Um, and then how are you getting new clients? You know, if we all need more people, what are you doing to get out there? Um, and so trying to throw out kind of general questions that will spur conversation that helps everybody um, is kind of what I try to do with the agenda each time. Yeah. Well, and these questions, you know, someone's listening to this going, oh, my gosh, how would I even begin to run a group meeting? Well, you know, the questions that you just listed off are all questions that I think most business owners have had at least at some point within the past six months, maybe past week, verbalizing those and going, hey, this is something that I have on my mind. How is everybody else dealing with that? That's exactly. Deal, right. It's not these big, grandiose, you know, these big, complicated questions or problems that you're bringing up here. It's this is, you know, what about this? You know, who's dealing with this problem? Who has these successes? Who's has, you know, who's struggling right now? Those are questions that we all have just as, as human beings in general and vocalizing those to a group to, and they'll share back, right? They, they'll tell you how they're doing. Yeah. If people don't give me any suggestions for the agenda um, or I don't have enough of them, usually I just look at what am I struggling with right now? Um, you know, and everybody else is struggling with that as well. A couple of months ago, we spent a couple meetings talking about self-care. Like, mm. what are you doing to keep yourself from going insane with all of this? You know? Yeah. Um, and, and I just think that that that's helpful to know that everybody else is going through the same stuff. Yeah, it really does. It's so, it's so powerful. Again, you know, we say, we say that a lot. It it helps to know that you're not alone, but 
it is incredibly powerful, not just to ourselves, but to other people as well who are coming, in, especially new people who are coming in. They have no idea what's going on. And they're doing this in the middle of a global pandemic, right? Like, right. good on you. Let's help. <laughs> let's help you. Like, awesome. Let's get this and let's come together and, and help everybody out. You touched on it a little bit, um, but but does the group look like what you thought it would a year and a half ago when you started this? Um, I have to say one thing that I wish was different that I had hoped was different was uh, participation. We really have our small core group mm-hmm. um, and a, and I really thought that more people would become involved um, and so I'm not sure how to make that happen and that's definitely something that I am going to be working on. Um, right now, whenever I'm out walking and I, I always talk to other dog walkers, um, and I say, Oh, who do you walk for? And if it's a company who's not part of our group, I give them my card. Hey, you should tell your owner to join our group, you know, Mm -hmm. um, just trying to talk it up. Uh, because I think that it's one of those things that everybody's so busy. I have too many things to do. I don't have time, but once they start coming, then they realize the benefit of it, you know? So it's how do I get the word, not just the word out there that we exist, because I can do that, but how do I convey the value so that it's worth taking an hour out of your time twice a month uh, or even once a month um, to come? Uh, So that's something that I need to figure out um, and I need, you know, that I've been struggling with. I really thought that we'd have more members and we had more more active members before COVID. but I think, you know, people only have so much bandwidth to deal with what's going on in their lives. And that, that'll probably be, you know, uh, an ebb and flow over the course of the years. But, you know, that's something that you do. You hope that as more people learn, more people will share. And they'll, that benefit, that inherent benefit of coming together. Because it sounds, it sounds really simple from the outset of, oh, you mean you get together and talk to each other about your business for an hour? Okay. But <laughs> yeah. you get together and you talk about your business for an hour, like that it really does. It, it, once you experience something like that, I'm sure that just changes your outlook and your perspective on that entirely because you do mm-hmm. see that benefit of sharing, being, you know, sharing your experiences, being shared back to, being plugged into that community, problem solving together. That, that is something that has to be experienced, I, be, I, I would imagine, to really fully grasp just how beneficial that is. Right, right. And I really thought, too, at the beginning that it would be a lot of small, like, solopreneur people like me thinking, well, we're the ones who need the networking with each other the most. Um, But we have uh, a couple of really large groups. Um, uh, The one Chicago Dog Walkers, I think, had like 60 walkers or something. Um, They're really big. And there's another one um, that's been active. uh, Windy City Paws is another really big one in Chicago. Um, so I never thought that they would find value in it. Um, and yet they've been very active. Um, so yeah, so don't discount who you think will or won't join because you never know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Again, one of those like being, being open and and accessible to everybody in your industry. And there's a big table to let everybody in and have access to. Uh, and just being open and willing to, to whoever shows up. And, and those are the people that need to be there at that time and need to be there uh, to be involved and to share. And it's great to have a diversity of uh, levels of experience. You know, we have people like like the Chicago Dog Walkers owner who's been doing it for like 25 years. 
And then we have people who started a business last month. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I think it's wonderful to have that breadth of experience um, and just the different people offer different kinds of services. And sometimes you hear of something that somebody's doing and you think, huh, I never would have thought to offer that service. I'm going to do that. You know, so it's it's nice to have the diversity. And think, thinking about the group that you've that, you, that has been developing over the past year and a half, I was wondering, you know, what makes a great networking group? What are some essentials to have in the group? Um, well, first of all, I think for any kind of group, you need to have um, uh, there needs to be a reliability. Like this is when we meet, and you know, um, because once the dates and times move around, and how often and stuff people will just forget because they don't know what, you know, when to put it on their calendar. So I think it's important to decide, okay, we're going to meet, you know, on this day, every month or whatever, um, put it on your calendars, send out the reminder a couple of days before. Um, so it does need, uh, there needs to be somebody, whether the person in charge or somebody that gets delegated that somebody needs to be in charge of uh, communicating the um, logistics to everybody in a, reliable way. Um, So I think that is critical um, just to get people to come. And then there has to be, I think, a at least for our group, the way I see it, there needs to be a combination between guiding the discussion and allowing some freeform discussion. Um, So I try to have topics on hand so that we have something to talk about to get the discussion going. But if the discussion goes in a different direction, because that's what people need to talk about, then let it go there. Um, These agenda items are kind of like place savers (laughs) in case there's crickets (laughs) Um, to get things going. So I think it's good to have some idea because you don't want people to come and then everyone to just sit there like, uh, isn't somebody going to say something, you know, or what, what are we here for? What are we talking about? So I think you have to have some sort of a plan, but then really let the group decide what's important mm. um, for them that day to talk about. Knowing that, as I kind of mentioned earlier, the people that are in the room are the people that need to be in the room and trusting that what's shared is what needs to be shared and that that stuff is going to be benefiting. If someone has that question, if someone has that on the mind, other people do too. And so if you're running that, if you're running that meeting or if you're kind of in charge of that agenda, just being able to let that go because the group is the group is for everybody. And if somebody's struggling with something, that needs that that can be dealt with then. You know, instead of being stuck to this rigid like, well now we have to talk about this and then we have 15 minutes to talk about this. Like just letting being able to let right. that go. Right. <laughs> and I think when you're running any kind of meeting, um, but I've especially noticed with all the zooming I've done in the last six months, um, <laughs> that you really need to make sure to bring forward the people who maybe are shy. So if everybody's talking about a topic but you haven't heard from Nancy, um, you know, as the as the person hosting the meeting, I think it's important to say, hey Nancy, what do you think about that? Um, and try to pull people into the meeting who maybe are kind of shy about speaking out. Um, I think that's always important too. Making sure everybody is is involved and being able to contribute because some people might not feel like uh, they they can or should or, or have value in contributing. But right, saying no, like everybody can say something here, and if you have something, I, we need to be quiet and let you share that because that's important to us. That's what we value is input from everybody. Right. Yeah. Cause there's always going to be those people in the meeting. And I have to admit, sometimes it's me who do all the talking and who need to, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> maybe give someone else a turn. 
So as the person who's facilitating, you know, it's your job to make sure that people have a chance to speak up and, you know, that certain people don't monopolize the meeting. And um, I think that's, you know, true of any meeting. But I think it, it is, there are some things that have become more of a challenge when you're Zooming um, than in right. person. We'll, we'll talk about that, that shift then a little bit of, you know, you were meeting in person. You know, how has it been running those, those Zoom meetings? Have you stuck to some of the similar talking points or, or what's, that, what's that experience been like for you? Well, because of COVID and all the challenges, um, like I said, I was doing some speakers before. We haven't done any speakers because this has been all about supporting each other. Um, so that's been a little different because it's almost been more of a, like a support group with some occasional uh, get you going questions at the beginning. Um, yeah. But uh, before it was uh, much more of a like, well, we have a resource coming in to share some information with everyone, um, you know, and passing our cards out to each other because it was always somebody new who hadn't been there before. Uh, we start every meeting unless everybody there is an old timer. But we start every meeting going around saying, you know, your name, your business, what services and what area um, so that everybody knows who's there. And then sometimes people will be like, oh, I need to talk to you later. I, you know, I have a client in your area that I need to send to you or mm. whatever. So it's good for everybody to know who's at the table um, as far as services and, and geography. Again, with all Zoom meetings, you have to be careful with like people taking turns talking. It's a lot more organic in person to have people talking at the same time, but on Zoom, only one person can be heard at a time. So it's hard for people who are shyer to speak up because a lot of times I'll see people ready to speak on Zoom. You know, they open their mouth to speak, but somebody else starts speaking. And then they do that like three times and you realize that they haven't been able to say anything because someone else is faster. Um, So just kind of paying attention to that, um, to all the people and who seems to be wanting to say something that maybe needs a little help, mm-hmm. um, which that isn't as much of an issue in person as it is on Zoom. Sure. Yeah. It's getting back to that. You know, if we are this, if this networking group is for the benefit of everybody, if you showed up, you have something, you know, to contribute or to learn from. So we as a group are open to, to hearing and we value everybody that's here. And so, the, you know, that is made known through making clearing space for people so that they can talk if they want to and making sure that they know that they're valued to be there. Right. And, you know, usually our meetings uh, are the, some of the same regulars that always come. And so we may be building on conversations we've been having, but then somebody new comes in who may not be part of that conversation history or whatever. Um, and so I always try to make sure that they have a chance um, at the end, you know, Nancy, I'm so glad you came to our meeting tonight. I know you're new. Uh, is there anything you'd like to ask the group? Anything we can help you with right now? Um, and then, you know, they might say, oh, you know, I don't know how to get a license. And then everyone gives their advice so that they're feeling like their issue, maybe it's nobody else's issue, but right. their issue was raised um, <laughs> and that they were able to leave that meeting with some actual concrete suggestions for their issue. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That that is that is really important to because again, not not necessarily everything is pertinent to everybody, but right. you know, but they're all there for for a reason and valuing that. Thinking to the future, how are you planning? What kind of things do you have in place to keep the group around for the years to come? Well, I would really like to go back to having in person meetings. Um, I just felt that it was more of a connection, but everybody voted. I did bring it up. Um, 
to that they really liked Zoom, uh, which makes sense because, you know, again, we all have busy schedules. We all live all over the place. And so logistically, it's easier to attend a Zoom meeting. Yeah. Um, so we decided that we're going to stay on Zoom, but have in-person meetings quarterly. Um, so that's something that I'm going to be planning is our first in-person meeting since February. Um, and, uh, and how to maybe make it special, kind of like a, we're back, you know, we're back in business, we're back in person. Um, so maybe having some sort of special speaker or something that will bring people in. Um, so hopefully we'll do that. Um, and I really hope to get a boost in uh, participation, whether in person or online or whatever, with our event coming up in October, Mm -hmm. um, so that people start to see, again, the value that this group has for them, um, and that they'll start participating. So that's my big push. What can I do? What, you know, whistles uh, can I have? Uh, Bells and whistles can I show that, you know, to, to bring more people in and to get more people participating? That's what I'm really going to be working on going yeah. forward. Sure. Yeah, I know there's, there's a lot of exciting things coming up. I hope by now uh, listeners have gotten to the gotten it in their head that it, having a networking group is really important and it is extremely valuable and it helps not just you, but everybody in your area and being open to community over competition. But I was, so I'm curious, uh, what are some things that we can do today to start putting together a group in our area if we don't already have one? Well, there are tons of pet care providers, I'm sure, in every city. Here in Chicago, I just met a guy walking a dog yesterday, and uh, I asked him the name of his business. I'd never heard of it before. And yet it seems to be big. Um, So there are so many groups. Um, So I would say, um, you know, the first thing is to to let people know that you're doing this. Um, And we often don't know who all the other people are, all the businesses are. So, you know, going into the pet shop and looking on the bulletin board, the vet's office usually has uh, that area where everybody puts out their cards. Um, And hopefully you're already belonging to some online communities. Um, You know, Facebook groups or Nextdoor is great for hyper-local stuff. um, If they have Nextdoor where you live, Um, those are places where you can start talking about it, um, mentioning that you're doing this group. I actually reached out to somebody who was offering up services on Nextdoor and said, Hey, you should join our networking group. And she's (laughs) like, Oh my God, I'd love to. Um, so, uh, you know, just letting people know that you're there. Um, and those are some places where maybe you can find people. And then just when you're out walking, um, dogs, if you're a dog walker, uh, I meet dog walkers all the time and try to let them know that, hey, we're here uh, to help. Again, not competition, but just to help each other out, you know? So uh, that's what I would suggest. And just do it, you know? Right. Don't be scared. Um, you are going to benefit so much yourself mm. from starting this group. I have benefited so much myself. Um, so I'm so glad I did it. It just starts with this simple communicating to others, that there's recognizing that need and just start talking to people reaching out to them around you because they, they're there, right? You may, as you, as you, as you just said, there was a dog walker. They were like, I didn't even know you were around. That's awesome. Let's get connected. Let's grow. Let's learn from each other. Just starting at that point is so huge and so powerful. And it really does start changing the area, your, the business network that you're in whenever someone starts opening up and looking for more community. Right. And it just really spreads that thought that we're all here to help each other. We're all here to collaborate. 
Um, Because a lot of times people do get into that competitive mindset. Um, And, you know, it's okay that where you do the same thing that somebody else does, you might do it differently, you know? Um, So let's all help each other out. Right. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alicia, this has been so, uh, so wonderful. I am really appreciative of you sharing your experience through this and encouraging us all to either get involved or start something in our area if we don't already have one. If people have questions about more questions about running and operating a group and some of those more experiences that you have, how can they best get connected with you? Well, they can always email me at Alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A, at pitterpatterparenting.com um, or check out Pitter Patter Parenting on Facebook and you can reach me that way as well. Awesome. I'll have links to those and some of the other things we've talked about in the show notes so people can click right on those and get connected. Again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this with us. Not a problem. Thank you and your wife so much for this wonderful podcast. The possibilities for your group is endless. Who you have invited, how you hold your meetings, how it's structured and organized is totally up to you and the needs of the pet care community where you are. I hope that by listening to Alicia's story that it's you're encouraged to start something or to get more engaged with a group if you have one already existing in your area to really make it something that's working for not just you, but for everybody. I hope that as we move into 2021, that we continue to strengthen these relationships, build these support networks and build this community, not just with our clients and with our surrounding businesses, but with our pet care businesses in the area that we live. So it's in that spirit that I want to remind you of the Thanksgiving hour that Megan and I are hosting on Thanksgiving Day, September 26th, between the hours of 1 p.m. Central and 2 p.m. Central. It's just an hour to come together, share how this year has been, and share what we've been thankful for and what we're looking forward to in the year to come. Check out the show notes for that Zoom link, and we do hope to see you there. We want to thank our sponsor, Time to Pet, for making this week's show possible. Head on over to timetopet.com forward slash confessional to get that discount. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a wonderful community that has come together, that is supporting each other, and that is cheering one another on. You really are the spirit that this industry needs and the support that so many are desperately looking for. Again, thank you for listening this week, and we'll be back again soon. 